Welcome everyone. This is the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We are happy you joined us today. The Spirit of God speaks with words crafted for our hearts. And now from God's Word, it is time to feed up. With an introduction for today's message, here is our speaker, Joel Van Hoogen. Genesis chapter 18 records the culmination in action on Abraham's part of the covenant relationship God has brought to him with himself. Abraham's faith has found a resting place in a relationship with God. God has promised to bless him and to bless the nations through him. Abraham has believed God and God has accounted it to him as righteousness. God now comes to him and has fellowship with Abraham and in that fellowship God reveals to Abraham his plan to judge Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham uses this newfound standing with God to plead for that city's protection from judgment. It really is the first developed prayer in the Bible, and it's a prayer of intercession for a wicked foreign city. Let's learn from Abraham where our standing with God should bring us. I thought the purpose of our time here is not to evaluate and break down exactly how it was that Abraham interceded. But what I want you to see is what the promise that Abraham received by faith and out of the fellowship that he entered into through that faith, what that promise received and that fellowship enjoined produced in Abraham and from his life. He has a new identity. He has fellowship with God. He has trust a trust given to him from God in which God reveals to him both future blessing and future judgment upon the nations. We have the same. And thus Abraham now has a new work, a new role. All of this is before him. The people that surround him, including the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, the nations that he lives among in tents because he knows he's only passing through to a greater inheritance, these are those that his promised blessing may extend to. They may be the ones who potentially, he sees it, may receive the blessing that he's received. And knowing that they could potentially be the ones that are blessed through him. He faces the judgment that may come upon them and he intercedes for blessing instead of judgment. He intercedes. We've been saved. We've embraced the promise of salvation through God's Son, the seed of promise, Jesus Christ. By faith, God has worked in us a transformation in which now we are the sons and daughters of God. In trust in that faith, we have fellowship with Him, and in that fellowship, God opens up our minds and He reveals to us His purposes. Not entirely clear, not known altogether but his purpose is to bless and to judge. And now we're left before him. He doesn't leave us. We're left standing before him. Have you ever stopped to consider that your salvation has not just secured for you a promise of heaven, but has also set you in a position of intercession for those who may or may not go there themselves. That God has blessed you. And in that blessing, God has opened up the possibility, in fact, the reality, the promise that through you, that blessing is going to extend to others throughout the earth 
And God has made you known that as well, before you lies judgment for the nations. You know what's very interesting in this passage is, this passage that I've just read to you is the first prayer recorded in the Bible. Go through it and read it. It's the first prayer recorded in all of the Bible. Abraham is showing us the first time in which a person is recorded as having a conversation, a lengthy conversation with God in prayer. And this prayer is not for food. This prayer is not for personal blessing. This prayer is not for comforts or security or provisions. This prayer is not a solution to the threatening problems that faces the individual. This is a prayer for others. It is a prayer of intercession for those facing potential judgment and for those who by grace might escape that judgment. Isn't that amazing? It's also interesting that this first prayer recorded in the Bible is not a prayer for a family member. Abraham is not praying for a family member. He is not here seen to be praying, although God remembers Abraham's prayers and will rescue Lot. He is not seen here praying for his nephew Lot. He's not praying for someone of his own tribe or his own household or his own nation. No. This first prayer in the Bible is a prayer of the man of promise praying for the nations. It's a prayer for those of another tribe and another tongue. And of all things, it's a prayer of mercy for Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham wins this favored name of the father of many. He's given the promise of God's everlasting fellowship and blessing. God brings him in that fellowship to whisper into his heart the secrets of that blessing. His purpose is to bless and curse. And Abraham remains before the Lord. God doesn't depart from him. The relationship is secure and ongoing. And in that place, Abraham doesn't say, you know, Lord, we've been really struggling with our sheep here. We've got some sickly sheep. Could you heal our sheep? Lord, I've got this arthritic knee that's been bothering me. Lord, you know, I'd like to get a few more tents to add to myself. And there's a little more expansion that we need. And I'm a little concerned because some of my neighbors are pressing on me. And I'm a little concerned for my future well-being. God, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? God, if there are only 50 among them, will you not spare them all? We claim salvation in Jesus' name. Praise God. We claim it through a faith once modeled for us in Abraham, who believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. We claim in that faith fellowship with God, we eat with him and he eats with us. We walk with him and we talk with him and he tells us we are his own. We claim the great and precious promises of salvation. For now, forgiveness. For now, his righteousness covering us. For now, his righteousness expressed within us leading us to greater and greater sanctification. For now, peace that he gives us that passes all understanding. A guarantee from him, a seal from him. The Holy Spirit outpoured upon us a promise of more to come, 
a seal and promise of the inheritance that is waiting for us in heaven that is undefiled and the Bible says doesn't fade away. It's ours. It's secure. And in our claims and in this great grand possession, we are left standing before God. A God who lets us know His secrets regarding how He will deal with the nations and how He works both to judge and to save. And God shares with us something of His way in the world in which we live. And then we remain standing before Him and He remains standing before us. So what are we now going to do? Through this faith and this fellowship and by way of this communication with God's plans to our hearts and minds, we are changed. We are left now to be a nation and a kingdom of priests by faith. We are the world's intercessors. You stand before God to react and respond to what He has made known to you of good and evil. We stand before God to react to what He has made of us by faith. We stand to react before God and commune with God in the fellowship that He has given us in which God bears known and makes known to us His secret plans. And what do we do? Can I ask you, what are you praying for? What are we praying for? What dominates the request that you make so regularly as you stand before the throne and you view the sweeping panorama of His future plans made known to your hearts and minds? It's there in the Word of God for us. Should it not be a prayer for the nations? Should it not be a prayer that God would raise up more and more righteous, that God would stay His hand of execution until as many as would come do come to Him? Over the next few Sundays, I'm going to do a series on missionary praying. I'm going to talk about about seven or eight passages that you'll find in the New Testament where God gives specific command to the body of Christ to pray, and that prayer is uniquely and specifically linked to the work of reaching people around the world for Jesus Christ. I'm going to suggest to you that this is the place where our prayer life should begin. From that, you can let it filter out to the issues in your own life, our daily bread, forgiving us of our trespasses, leading us not into temptation. But you must start with, hallowed be thy name, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's where our prayer begins, our intercession begins. And I'm just going to lay out before you a pattern of prayer, and I'm going to ask you to commit to something, and I might ask you to begin doing it even this week. I'm going to ask that you carve out for yourself and begin to make this a habit in your life to carve out one specific day a week. It should be, we should just start there. Let's just start there. One specific day a week and a specific period of time within that day in which you stand before God to intercede for the people who have yet to hear and know. The prayer of missions. The life of faith. Following the example of Abraham. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. How wonderful and how gracious you have been to us, O oh God. How edifying to see 
the progressive unveiling of your promise to Abraham and no, and no, for many of us, that's exactly what it's been for us. We too have gone through this progression. You have granted us faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, as the answered seed. And we know fellowship with you. And you have made known your truths to us. So often, oh God, we've garnered those truths and we've used them simply to pad our own sense of comfort in their own insecurities and their own personal concerns. God, is this why you have revealed to us your grand plan for all the ages? Is this why you've begun to open up to us and show us what your plan is for all the righteous and what your plan is for all the wicked? Is this why you've made known to us the extent of the promises or the hint of the extent of the promises of all of heaven and the agony of all the warnings of hell? God, thank you for entrusting to us these things. And thank you for placing us with this knowledge before your very presence. God, help us to measure our response and the prayers that come from our lips as a demonstration that we know and understand what you've just done. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The prayer of intercession is really a prayer for justice. God's justice realized among men. That justice one day long ago rested on the cross of Jesus Christ, and we pray, God, let that work of the cross spread throughout all the world. You're listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until our next time, God bless you.